Forgive us for not letting you in, Lord Jesus. For Lord, we know it's all about you, Lord. But Lord, we didn't surrender to you this morning. We came in here. We came in here with the things of the world washed on us. We came in here more concerned about things going on outside rather than your presence in here. Oh, forgive us, oh Father. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for not worshiping you. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for not honoring you this morning. For you are truly worthy, Lord. You are truly worthy, Lord. And we want to be in your presence. We want your Holy Spirit to guide us, O oh Lord. We want your Holy Spirit to fill us, to anoint us, to cover us, O oh Lord. Oh, let us leave the world outside. Let us enter this sanctuary of yours in great anticipation of your presence and what you will do for us, O oh Lord. How you will keep us and how you will supply our needs. How you will fulfill your promises to us, O oh Lord. Let us show you how we honor you, Lord. As we worship, Lord, let it, let it bring you glory. Let it bring you honor. Oh, Lord, your presence is welcome in this place. Your presence is welcome in this place, Lord. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Don't forsake us. Don't forget us, oh, Lord. Or come back into this place with your presence. Let your glory fall. Let your presence fall, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Lord, we just want to bask in your glory. We want to see you pass by, Lord. Put us in the cleft of the rock. Put us all in the cleft of the rock and let us see you, Lord. Let us see your glory pass by. Let us see your glory pass by, O oh God. Come into us this morning, Lord Jesus. Come into us this morning, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. We welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We need his presence. We need his presence. We don't come here to sing songs. We don't come here to look pretty. We don't come here to, to shine and say, look at my smile. 
We come here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And we need his presence in this place. So, Lord, we just welcome you. This morning I was going to talk about, is your name written in the book? Is your name in the book? I don't know how much of that we're going to get to. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's kind of slapping me around a bit this morning. He wants you to understand how important it is that you worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You don't want God to leave you. Never. You don't want his presence to disappear. So you can't come in here and just sing songs. That's what karaoke is for. Go sing your songs. We come in here to worship. If your heart's not in, stay home. Not many pastors will say that, but I don't need a body in here. I need worshipers. Amen. Any people that are gonna get down on their hands and knees and worship the Lord and cry out to him and welcome his presence. So is your name written in the book? Before we do that, we, we were talking the other day about the holidays. Well, we got Christmas figured out. Christmas Day is a Sunday and we will have a service. It will be at 10.30 after the service. We will have Christmas dinner that lasts all day and lasts all day. We have nowhere else to go. For those of you that don't have ties with family and stuff, you're welcome to stay. Just let us know so we have enough food for those that want to be here. And we'll just fellowship and eat and do whatever the Lord puts because the, the other church won't be here. And we'll just enjoy one another. We'll enjoy the day. And, We'll celebrate that day that they say Jesus was born, even though every one of you out there knows he wasn't born on Christmas Day. There isn't a one of you that absolutely believes that. As near as they figure, it was sometime in April, but who knows? We do know the day he was crucified. We do know the day he walked out of the tomb and he arose and he beat the devil. We do know that day. Amen? Amen. Yes. So looking in Luke chapter 10, it says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, 
I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Key verse. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Jesus is telling him right then, just like he's telling you today, that's the most important thing, that your name is written in the book of life in heaven. The fact that your ministry can do all these other things is wonderful. That's what you're supposed to do. But the most important thing is your name is written in the book of life. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples. He sent them on a mission into northern Israel. But now he goes and he commissions 70. And he empowers them with the same authority over sickness and over Satan as he gave the other disciples. But he sends them to a place where the people are a little more hostile, where the world is just a little more persecuting of Christians and believers. He sends them into southern Israel. He sends them down there to clear the way because he's going to go to Jerusalem, and we all know what happens there. But the population is getting more and more hostile, and you can see that in today's climate. The world is getting more and more hostile. They're going to persecute you more and more. And to be honest with you, the weak are going to fall. You're either going to be very strong in Jesus, or you're going to walk away from your faith. It's just what's going to happen. It tells you that in Scripture, and you know it, you know it will. I mean, there are times where each and every one of you have had your faith tested, you've had your faith challenged. Some of you have fallen, some of you have gotten back up and, and renewed it and repented and, and moved on, but others that you know never return. So this is what he sends them out to. He sends them out and he tells them, you know, do all this, I give you the power. And they did. I mean, they went out. They're casting out demons. They're healing the sick. They're doing all that. And they were so excited to see that every time they claimed the name of Jesus. Because like they sang this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus. Every time they claimed the name of Jesus over something, there was victory. There was victory. I think some were shocked. I mean, some of you remember the first time you prayed for somebody for a healing. Sometimes you, you prayed for somebody to get covered in the spirit. Sometimes you prayed for somebody 
and the chains were broken. The addiction went down. The healing took place. Maybe you were shocked then when that first happened. The first time you ever saw victory in Jesus' name. Maybe you were shocked. I'm sure some of these were. But it was a very good day. They're learning that there's power in Jesus. They're learning what they can accomplish. And you need to know the same thing. You can accomplish all this because Jesus has called you. He has commissioned you to be his disciple. Amen. He tells you you have all this. These guys, these 70, they were, they were putting up with the hardships of the day. They were putting up with the persecution. They knew things that were going to happen. They could see things coming. They could see that people were against Christianity. They, they saw all this. But they were so overwhelmed by the blessings of the Lord that they continued. I mean, Jesus said to them that he's sending them out like lambs to the wolves. Yet he was very, very happy to see none of them were devoured. They all came back. That all the demons were subject to them under Jesus' name. And he gave them careful instructions. In Luke 10, 9, he said, And heal the sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. In Luke 9, he says, and then he called the 12 disciples. When he sent them out, he said, I give you power and authority over the demons and over to cure diseases and to preach the gospel. This is the same thing he tells you. He gives you authority to preach the gospel. Amen. To preach the gospel. Boldly doing what Jesus has assigned you to do sounds so easy yet so many of us fall short of that when God tells you to do something and, and boldly go before him boldly go out and do what I tell you to do we get a little apprehensive we get a little bit afraid we get a little bit curious as to what's going to happen. Is our trust, is our faith completely in Jesus? Is this where we need to be? I'm sure some of those 70 were very nervous. Because they're going out and they're doing something they've never done before. I mean, when I took Evangelism Explosion, the guy that taught us, he made us go knock on doors. Total strangers' doors. Bang, knock, knock, knock. Hi, do you know Jesus? <laughs> I mean, this is what we were to do. I mean, you talk about being nervous. But Jesus says he's given you the power. The Holy Spirit is going to give you and anointing to do these things boldly. Boldly. Before the Lord. But you got to put your trust in Christ. you got to put your trust in Jesus. 
boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. When he sends you out to do something, he gives you the power to do it. God anoints you. The Holy Spirit's with you. The power of the Lord is with you. And he took these 70 guys, fearless people, made them fearless. But here they were, just no different than you guys sitting right here. There's not even 70 of you. And he goes to each and every one of you, and he tells you, hey, I want you to go out into Coral Springs. I want you to go down in the dells. I want you to knock on the doors. I want you to tell the people about Jesus. If they're sick, I want you to pray for them and heal them. If they're demon-possessed, I want you to cast out the demons. Go. I don't see any of you moving. That's just what he said. Go. Go and do what I commissioned you to do. So yeah, you're going to be a little bit nervous. You're going to be a little bit apprehensive. But you have to trust in God. If you really believe it's God that is sending you, then you know that the power is there. You know that the power of the Lord is with you. That the Holy Spirit has anointed you. So no matter what you face, God is with you. You know if God's with you, who can be against you? Amen. I mean, nobody dares to stand against you. If God is there with you. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Now the Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word. This is the prayer that the disciples were making. You're sending us out. Give us the boldness. Help us to be bold. Let us go before you boldly. And do this. In Acts 4.31 it says, And then they prayed in the place where they were assembled. And together they were shaken. Remember the house being shaken? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. You have to be able to speak with boldness. Spiritual boldness sometimes can seem like they're a little opinionated. But a bold person, if it comes from the Holy Spirit, whoever you're speaking to is going to hit you exactly right. It's going to let you know that this is where you are. In Proverbs 28, verse 1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. This is the kind of boldness that Christ is going to put in you. This is the kind of boldness that Jesus is going to give you. We get that boldness from the power on high. We may not have it. I mean, how many of you that have ever come up and, and spoken or spoken somewhere, you know, aren't shy the first time you go do it, but you have to pray and let the Holy Spirit come upon you. God gives us the boldness. 
because it's his objective to have us do what he has called us to do. He gives us the boldness. Ephesians 3.12 tells us, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence, with faith in him. It's because of the boldness. It's because of our faith in Christ. We're able to do what he says to do. Amen. So he sends out the 70. And they're traveling through southern Israel. And they're doing just that. They're knocking on doors. Jesus told them later, if you go to a place and they receive you, they're happy to see you and they feed you, fine. He said, if they go to the place and they want nothing to do with you, just dust off your sandals, move on. Yep. You know, and they did, and they boldly told them, hey, what's going to come down here is going to be worse than what hit Sodom and Gomorrah. They're telling them that God's judgment is going to come upon them. It's a bold statement to make. When you're out and you're trying to lead someone to Christ and you say, okay, you don't want to do it, well, you know, you know what's going to happen. You're going to spend eternity in hell. A lot of you aren't bold enough to say that to somebody. You can either accept Jesus or you can spend eternity in hell. Which would you prefer? But we have to tell them that eternity is just that, eternity. Where do you choose to spend it? Who do you choose to be in fellowship with? So the disciples, they go out, these 70 guys, they go out and they do what they're told to do. They said, we got to they talked about praying as Paul prayed, that they would receive a supernatural boldness. This is what you need. As you go out and you share the word of God, whether it's with a coworker, whether it's with a friend, whether it's somebody you meet at the grocery store, whether you're praying over somebody at the mall, just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. He'll tell you exactly what to say. He'll make you as bold as you need to be, He'll make you as peaceful and as loving as you can possibly be to accomplish what God wants done. And that's all we have to do is put our trust in the Lord. Amen. We need to trust in him. We need to trust that he's going to not only take care of every need and stuff, because we sit here as humans and we have all these great desires. Oh, I need this and I got to have this and Oh, if I don't have that, my life won't be complete. And oh, oh, this, and oh, oh, that. God says, all you need is me. Let me fill the void. Let me be the one to take you. Let me be the one to guide you. Let me be the one. Trust in me. So if you read your Bible and you look back over what happened over that time that Jesus was here and the ministries that took place, and then you read some of the other writings that are around, you can see what went on in the first century, the third, the fifth, 
You can see right on up through the crusades of Christianity touched the world. You can see the Reformation take place. You can see moves of God. You can see great revivals and awakenings that have taken place because the people were hungry for God. I mean, Azusa Street was one of the greatest revivals around in the modern day. And it took place in a little old mission in L.A. They didn't have fancy instruments. They didn't have microphones. They said Pastor Seymour used to sit on a crater and preach, but he had some people that just broke out in prayer in the Holy Spirit. There was a small crowd that started the Church of God praying in a little schoolhouse in North Carolina. A Baptist preacher and the Holy Spirit fell. And they started speaking in tongues and praying. And now there's seven million because people followed what God had for them. God has a calling on each and every one of you. He has a desire to use you. He may use you to be the best doctor, the best nurse, the best secretary, the best teacher. Who knows? But whatever it is, God is with you. And he sends you out like sheep among the wolves. When you leave here today, some of you will fall right back into the ways of the world. And others won't. It's what has the strength in your life. What holds the power? What guides you? What force do you use? Jesus talked about he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's talking about the power that, the, that Satan once had just disappeared like a lightning bolt crashing to earth. It was God's immediate judgment on him. He was judged immediately. He was cast out. But every time the kingdom of Jesus is presented in truth and in power, it's like another victory for Jesus over the enemy. It's like another victory over, for Jesus over Satan. Every time we proclaim Jesus Christ, the enemy loses one more, one more battle, one more skirmish, one more fight. Because Jesus is victorious. Where the gospel is preached, divine power comes. And it rips Satan from his throne. Satan is after your heart, he's after your mind. He can get into your head. Oh, he can do a number on you. He can destroy you. He'll have you thinking all kinds of crazy things. You have to remember Jesus. 
like the 70. You have that power. The power to overcome. The power to defeat the enemy. The power to cast that out. You have the power to heal people. You have the power to raise the sick. You have the power to raise the sick. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. There are so many people dead in this world. They walk next to you. They stand next to you in line. They're just there. Going through life. No joy. No peace. You have the power to give them life. And life more abundantly. You have the power to teach them what the kingdom of God is all about. And how to succeed in that. And how to win victory. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Is that you today? Is that you today? The same power that created the universe resides in you. The same power. The same power that resides in him. Ephesians 6 tells us that we are in a spiritual battle. We have a full armor to put on every day. I mean, our first thoughts in the morning should be, thank you, Lord, for another day. Amen. And then we need to go on. Put on the full armor of God. Amen. Some scriptures tell us to clothe ourselves in Christ. Yep. If you put on Christ, you'll get through the day. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit is here for you. He's here for you. Romans 16, 12 says that God's peace will crush Satan under your feet. Under your feet. He will crush Satan. Let's all stand. Notice there's victory in Jesus this morning. There's victory in him. There's victory in what he'll do. There's victory in all that he has for you. Just as that 70 was sent out, you're sent out. Your sheep going where the wolves live. But you have a power from on high that compares to nothing. Every, nothing on this earth compares to what you have. Nothing on this earth can compare to Jesus and the power he has instilled in you to overcome. Nothing can overcome what he has. He just loves you this morning. He just loves you this morning. Lord, we just thank you this morning for who you are. 
We want your Holy Spirit in here this morning. Amen. We need your Holy Spirit. I think almost everyone in this congregation needs to be at this altar this morning. Because the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to meet you here. He wants to meet you here where he is. Now we didn't start out that way, but we can go home that way. We can go home with the presence of God instilled in us. We can go home with a fresh renewing of his spirit this morning.
exalt him, church. Lift up his holy name, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, we thank you this morning. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Oh, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We rejoice in you. God bless you all. Have a great week.